You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. my great pleasure to welcome in studio today two extraordinary folks here on campus. I have Associate Dean, School of Graduate Studies, Marta Stresnicki, and PhD candidate from the Department of History, Hina Mystery. <laughs> welcome to the station today. Thanks, Dinah. Thanks. All right, so we have uh, lots of great stuff to talk about today, in particular the upcoming uh, PhD Community Initiative event happening at, at what date in, in March? March 12th. March 12th, so it's coming up soon, but we're going to be talking all about this extraordinary PhD community initiative uh, developed by the School of Graduate Studies in partnership with a number of community partners uh, right here at Queen's University. And uh, Marta is uh, one of the folks who has uh, spearheaded and been behind uh, the running of this program, and Hina is here as a participant in the program. So we're going to have lots of interesting things for you today. Uh, But before we dive in folks. Tell us about yourselves. Uh, Perhaps Marta, tell us about yourself and your teaching and research and maybe a role at the SGS or School of Graduate Studies. Well, I'm a member of the faculty in the Department of English and I'm an early modern specialist. My research is on um, drama of Shakespeare and his contemporaries. I've also recently launched some new work on uh, immigrant letters and letter writing practices, and that's taking me in an interesting direction. Okay. At the School of Graduate Studies, my responsibilities are primarily the um, arts programs, the social science and humanities programs, and I've also been charged with responsibility for the professional skills development programming, of which the PhD Community Initiative is is a flagship program. Wonderful, and thank you again for your time today. Hina, tell us about yourself. What are you studying, Uh, what are you teaching, and what are you doing in the history department as a PhD candidate? Okay, so um, I'm a nearly done PhD student in the history department. Um, So I'm a global historian and I work on um, Indians from South Asia who didn't want to leave the British Empire. And I look at the different reasons why they didn't and why their project kind of failed. Um, I teach the um, Global Diaspora History course, or like Global Immigration History course at Queen's. Um, And I also help teach the Global History course at Queen's as well. Uh, So now, Marta, you mentioned the the flagship program, the PhD Community Initiative. What is this initiative? Uh, How did it get started? It got started by, I really must give credit here to our former dean, Brenda Brower, um, who was responding to the, the requests, even demands of graduate students for opportunities to work together with students in other disciplines and to develop skills outside of the academic setting. So uh, she, she pretty much thought this up. I was fortunate to be alongside her from the get-go in the planning stages and, and have been glad to lead it since, uh, since she left. Okay, and so tell us a little bit about the planning process. What does that look like, or what did it look like? Oh, there were several months of um, meetings, consultations with a number of major players Mm -hmm. in, um, in the city, particularly from the city of Kingston just troubleshooting and sort of trying to figure out what uh, what would be of benefit in this kind of program to our community partners. I think we 
understood what we needed to do for the students to make it a valuable experience for them, but we weren't quite sure how to get that other piece. So uh, once we had an idea of that, then we developed it. Okay, can you tell us about some of the partners that you have worked with so far? So how it works is we, ha we form teams of four to five PhD students from different disciplines, and we pair the teams with community organizations who have stepped up with either a project or a research challenge or some strategic goal that they would like to have advanced. And so I can, I can talk about the different partnerships that have arisen out of that, but that's pretty much the structure of it. The teams work under the mentorship of a mentor who mm -hmm. uh, has been, most of the mentors have been retired faculty mm -hmm. from Queens or other uh, prominent members of the Queens community. But the, the core of the relationship are the teams among themselves and then in uh, in collaboration with the, the community partner. Okay, and so how about, uh, what organizations have you been working with? Well, this year we have, the City of Kingston has been very prominent. We have two projects with them this year. We also have a project with the Keys Employment Centre. There's, uh, there's a very interesting one with Pathways to Education. Mm -hmm. Kingston Community Health Centres have two projects running this year. Systema Kingston was one of the, one of the early um, partners from the from the first year I'm thinking back to that okay now Hina so this is a great opportunity to uh, for our listeners to hear about the community PhD community initiative from a student who has participated in it so can you tell us about uh, your experiences uh, who you partnered with and the kind of work that you did sure um, so I'll just start with um, I guess what attracted me to the program first so I have I mean, I'm very aware of the sort of realities of the job market, like the academic job market, especially sort of for humanities PhDs. And so I wanted to, I felt though that the skills that I was learning in my degree have practical application elsewhere. I have skills that I can sort of offer to the community in other ways. And I felt like this was a good idea. Um, the sort of PhD community initiative was a good way for me to sort of practice almost different forms of consultancy mm -hmm. in a way. So I decided to get involved and we were allowed to sort of put forward our suggestions or what what organizations we would maybe prefer to be matched with and what we felt like we could offer. I was eventually placed on a team with a student from rehabilitation studies and another student from psychology, and we were paired with Keys Job Center um, as part of their sort of refugee settlement programs. Mm -hmm. So basically what happened was uh, we, after sort of meeting first off with the team, we had a really great orientation at the beginning where we got to know our other team members and also a little bit about the organization and just the program of the PhD Community Initiative as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, my team and I sort of made an action plan for meeting with the community partner and sort of finding out what exactly it was that they wanted from us. So we met with them, with our partners from Keith's Job Center, and we asked them um, what sort of what was the high priority for them for us to sort of tackle. And they said we could do whatever we wanted to do, really. But we wanted as a team to do something that had a lasting impact. And so they identified tech literacy support as one of the main holes for um, what they found sort of obstructed um, people's ability to sort of settle in Kingston quite easily. And so my team and I, um, sort of drawing from our different expertise, decided to try and develop a program through which um, sort of basic tech literacy skills could be taught to, to sort of newcomer refugees, or at least like provide some sort of foundational support for that. Okay. 
So it sounds really fascinating to uh, the project itself that you were engaged in, but it sounds like you had an opportunity to collaborate not only with community members, but uh, members uh, from Queen's University and other PhD programs mm -hmm. uh, completely different from your own discipline. Exactly. What was that experience working with team members who art historians. Yeah, so um, sometimes it was a struggle because all three of us thought in very different ways. Um, so, <laughs> but then at the same time, all of us came with very sort of specific expertise. Um, so, for example, um, our team member who, Ebenezer Dasa, who was part of um, the Rehabilitation Study Center, had a lot of knowledge, background knowledge about things like accessibility. Um, and then um, my team member, Matthew Khan from Psychology, he had a lot of expertise about just sort of like working with groups and like understanding bias and obstacles and things like that so and then I found that myself as a historian I had a lot of skills dealing with um, I had a lot of background working with qualitative data so my main role of the project was actually um, going and talking with the communities and figuring out and asking the right questions to find out what exactly their their main needs were mm -hmm. um, and then I also found being sort of for my for me personally a specialist in sort of race and immigration history that knowledge or sort of like a more defined knowledge of specific obstacles to mobile peoples was particularly relevant in in coming up with sort of the programs and the questions and the different um, ways to tackle this particular problem. So it was both a challenge but also a great experience to learn about also just what PhDs in different departments look like in mm -hmm. this university because they can be very diversely set up and mm -hmm. have very different expectations. So it was interesting just getting a more well-rounded perspective on what a PhD looks like across the university as well. Indeed, and it sounds like a really great opportunity for uh, students such as yourself to really be able to identify, oh my gosh, I have all of these skills and I can apply them in a number of different ways outside of your own specific area of research and study. Wow, I have transferable skills. I could do all of these other things too. Sounds like, yeah, with Precisely. The, what we were talking about with your expertise with, uh, and in usage of qualitative data, you had practical application experience with that. Yeah, that's... That you could take now on the job market. Too. Ex exactly. That's precisely the case. I found that, I think what, especially like as a history student, what I found is sometimes, you know, you, you get these complaints like, oh, um, humanities degrees aren't very useful. Oh, there's not very many things you can do. But but I found that, like, actually, that's very much not the case at all. Um, there were skills mm -hmm. that I had that I felt were particularly suited to this project and that people from other disciplines couldn't actually do. Um, so I found that it was very, it was a good experience and almost like an empowering experience for me to find out like my my degree is very useful and I can assert that um, and I can actually like provide a lot to the to the wider community as well. And you so. continue to do so. <laughs> and thank you for providing information to our community here at CFRC today. And, and thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, now let's steer back to um, the actual program. So uh, for students who mm -hmm. are currently PhD candidates at the university, how can they learn more about uh, the opportunity? Um, are there application deadlines that people need to think about for the next round of uh, community engagement opportunities? Mm -hmm. we, we work quite a bit over the summer behind the scenes, mm -hmm. um, initiating contact with different um, community organizations and getting the projects shaped in, in a way that that would work for the initiative and those are usually announced by the middle of august so people can just keep an eye on the sgs website for that and the um and then it's a very simple registration process if you're interested you fill out a form and register and the deadline uh, will be 
early in September. So that's the 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 launch of it mm-hmm. um, on the annual cycle. And once you're in as a registered or even interested person from the beginning, you will get the notifications about what's coming up. Um, okay, so Hina, as a very busy PhD candidate with all sorts of time commitments, what was the time commitment and were, how were you able to uh, balance the work that you were doing with your community partner, your teammates, and uh, completing your dissertation. Mm-hmm. So we were told at the outset of the program that our time commitment was expected to be about five hours a week that we should be putting into this project. I found that sometimes, um, especially early on in the project, it wasn't too, there wasn't too much work, work to do. But as we got to the end, um, when the project sort of got momentum, it did take up a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, because I, um, my team and I worked quite well together, so we were able to split up the work quite well. So yeah, like it was a time commitment, but at the same time, I think if, you know, your project can manage the, the work quite well, then mm-hmm. it's not too, um, it's not too bad of a commitment. And look at you developing time and project management skills at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Excellent. Well, it's always an important question, I think, for any mm-hmm. uh, graduate student. How I have very little time. Can I, can I actually do it? But it sounds like it's completely manageable. Yeah. Right. Can I jump in, Donna? Because yeah. I, I think this is a question that we get a lot, and um, this is the, now the third year, and we're just coming up to the uh, to the capstone event. So this would be the most intense time, and people mm-hmm. do find that um, it, it does get demanding. Uh, February or early March, as uh, as the project mm-hmm. comes to a head. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair to put that out there and make people aware that it's not an even five hours a week, as Hina said, but mm-hmm. it actually is quite mm-hmm. quite variable. Yeah. And I was also going to pick up on something Hina said about this being the, the, the whole initiative being entirely outside the bounds of academic programs, which has many, many advantages because you're just not subject to the to the same constraints and regulations. But um, but I think people need to be coming into it with with an awareness that it is going to be something off the side of the desk in a way and uh, and that it's a that it's a good time in their PhD program to be doing it I think Indeed. and if and if a supervisor can be drawn in for a discussion around that I think that would be that would be very advisable wonderful uh, so now we've talked a little bit with Hina about some of the uh, benefits that students can gain um, what do you think, Marta, in terms of the benefits that students can gain, but also the community partners from mm-hmm. this kind mm-hmm. of arrangement? Mm-hmm. Well, Hina spoke so well about the benefits from the student perspective. From the student perspective. Um, I'll just add to that and say one of the unexpected benefits is the camaraderie that forms among the PhD students themselves. It's That's never been at the top of the list of our objectives around the program, but mm-hmm. it's been uh, it's been a wonderful consequence so that so now when we say PhD community initiative we also mean the PhD community mm-hmm. initiative and, uh, and and that's been a, that's been a really good outcome could I pick up on um, one more benefit that I personally got from this and I think many others from the program as well but just the contacts that we made through our community partners um, were quite valuable and continued even after the end of the program as well um, and especially from sort of the Rob Wood and like meeting sort of prominent figures in the Kingston community who are sort of running like not-for-profit organizations and um, who know a lot about sort of the like consultancy as a as a field. Um, it was really valuable to meet them and also to continue and keep up contacts with um, with with the people that we mm-hmm. work with through this program as well. Mm-hmm. So. 
And to get a real sort of ground level view of what it's like to apply your your um, expertise and your high level research skills in a workplace setting, I mm -hmm. think that is uh, that, that that's huge. For the partners from the that, that you know that we've talked to and we do follow up with them after the program, um, they're just blown away by what the students can do. So I think it, it, it just as a strictly promotional <laughs> program uh, that uh, that that has been a real boon but so they they see graduate students graduate education the higher levels of our public education in the province in a new light and i think that's uh that's an important benefit more practically of course they get research done and and they may or may not have research capability on their teams most of them don't actually so mm -hmm. uh, so uh, they're quite interested in learning how research is done so there's a way in which our students become teachers also within uh, the community organizations and then of course they get to advance some kind of strategic goal even those like the keys job center as Hina was saying that th that have a very open-ended challenge mm -hmm. or maybe just identify very ambiguously what it is they would like the students to try to tackle mm -hmm see results at the end of the project and can make ad advances in their own planning and their and their forward momentum. Okay. Now, uh, so we're coming up to uh, the end of our show today, but there is one other thing that we really need to talk about, and it's the capstone event for uh, that's happening as we as we mentioned earlier, March twelfth, uh, celebrating the accomplishments so far right, of the PhD Community Initiative. What's this event? What's happening? What can people expect to see and do when they go? Oh, happy to talk about that, and and we can, Hina can. can chime in as well. So it's uh, it's next Tuesday, March 12th from mm -hmm. 5 to 7 at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts. The teams will each give a short presentation, 8 or 10 minutes of their uh, research, the challenge that that they that they undertook, the research they did and the results mm -hmm. and their achievements and then there there's an opportunity for questions from the audience on each of the projects and probably some general questions afterwards. We're going to make it a little more open-ended this year than it was before. And maybe even better than that is the reception following, networking reception in the foyer of the Isabel. So it's a really lovely evening. All right, are you going, Hina? Yes, I am planning to go next Tuesday. <laughs> All right, and what, and, and what will you be doing? Are you giving a presentation yourself? No, I'm not part of the program this year, but I'm interested to see what projects people are working on this year, for sure. Um, I think it, even if you're not participating in the event, like as in if you weren't in the PhD Community Initiative in this sort of 2018, 2019 school year, I still think it's worth it to go just to know the kinds of organizations that are operating in Kingston that you wouldn't otherwise know about mm -hmm. um, if you didn't know to look for them. Um, but again, also to meet the different students from these different departments working on these various different projects, it's worth it to go. So it sounds like a really great opportunity in particular for PhD candidates to uh, do some networking, but also mm -hmm. learn uh, from folks such as yourself who have or c are continuing to participate in the program to really just be able to say, hey, what's this all about? What can I do? How do I get involved too? Mm -hmm. Really great opportunity. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> before we end our program today too, mm -hmm. there's going to be other great things happening for uh, graduate students, notably boot camps. What's up, uh, what do we know about boot camps for the summer? Summer is our writing camp season at, uh, at SGS, as you and probably uh, quite a few others know. So there is um, the regular on-campus one-week boot camp that will be held in May. Usually it's right after Victoria Day. 
Then we run in July um, a unique program in Ontario called the Lake Shift, mm -hmm. where PhD students from across Ontario come together at Cubes at the at the Biology Field Station mm -hmm. on Lake Opinicon for a week to work on their dissertations. That is just amazing. There's a lot of great uh, testimony and uh, information about that on the website. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is at the end of August, uh, dissertation on the lake, which is on Elbow Lake, and that is an unstructured uh, time again, uh, writing time at the lake, superb opportunity mm -hmm. to work side by side with other people who are facing those writing challenges in a gorgeous setting with the inimitable Colette Steer mm -hmm. <laughs> at the helm, if I can say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hina, have you participated in any of these? Yeah, I went to dissertation on the lake for the first time last year at Elbow Lake, and it was absolutely wonderful. Um, I wrote a lot of my introduction there, but it was great to just sort of write in a very peaceful setting. Um, and again, like just meet and have a really great time with other PhD students. All right. Yeah. So as a PhD candidate who is very soon to uh, finish, uh, what, uh, why do you think uh, PhD candidates should engage the SGS and, and participate in not only the PhD community initiative, but why should they uh, take up these opportunities in your perspective? So I would say that um, oftentimes we can get sort of really focused on and zeroed in on completing our own research. But I think part of being sort of an active member, an active researcher is someone who engages with the community and someone who thinks about sort of the wide ways in which we can apply research. And that includes professional development as an important skill sort of tied up in that package. So mm -hmm. I think that the School of Graduate Studies really offers a great um, avenue for offering just many opportunities for graduate students to um, very feasibly develop professional skills for both sort of within and outside of the academy. And I think that's extremely useful. And any sage advice for as you're finishing? Last um, bits of advice <laughs> for those you leave behind? Oh, for those I leave behind? Last bits of advice? I would say just keep swimming. Just just keep going. The, the end will come. And, and um, don't be afraid to put yourself out there um, a little bit before the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. How about you, Marta, as someone who uh, is a faculty member and associate dean in School of Graduate Studies and supervisor of graduate students? Any words of wisdom or advice for those who are still getting through their program and coming to the end of their degrees? I, I think I would put in slightly different words what Hina just said, which is balance. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to focus. You have to do the work. That, that, that can't get done without your discipline and your, and your effort. But there's a way also to step outside, see a broader perspective, and then bring the energy and inspiration of that that can come through many other people, not mm -hmm. necessarily just in your discipline or, or in your program or even at the university. Mm -hmm. Bring that back into your work and, and keep at it. Yeah, And engage the SGS. I, I really uh, want to thank Hina for, uh, for everything she's done participating in our programs, coming to join us and, and spread the word about um, about the programs on occasions such as this. I think that's that, that cool. makes you a very valued member of the grad community at Queen's, so thanks. Thanks. And thanks to you guys for holding all these great programs. <laughs> it's also my pleasure to have folks such as yourself in to be able to talk about these wonderful initiatives and and help spread the word, uh, and also be able to communicate with our uh, community listeners outside of campus to let people know, like, hey, this great stuff is happening, for, uh, and 
students at Queens are doing amazing stuff in and for the community that they uh, may be staying on in after they finish their degrees or they may move on but will uh, forever have connections too. I'm happy to be a part of that in my own small way. So with that, on that really awesome happy note, <laughs> um, I'd like to thank PhD candidate in history, Hina Mystery, for coming in today, as well as Associate Dean Marta Stresnicki, also Department of English. Thank you both very much for your time. Thanks, Thank Diana. you, Donna.